0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShall from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Today is Resurrection Sunday all over the world. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, we have such a, a rich, rich heritage as believers. And... Our belief system and our love for Christ is rooted in the Bible. It's rooted in everything God had prepared for us. So, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to help our church with is to step away from some of the pagan feasts. Easter is really a pagan feast. It's Ishtar, it's a fake, it was a false god, Easter eggs, rabbits, all that stuff. The world has cottoned onto it, and they lead you down a path where they commercialize, they sensationalize. But the truth of the matter is that our roots are found in the Bible. God gave feasts. The feasts that center around this time of year are what we celebrate. And everything about Jesus was depicted in the Passover. Passover consists of three feasts. They're called the spring feasts. You have Passover, you have uh, the uh, Passover, the atonement, and then you have the uh, first fruits. And so those three feasts happen over this seven day period that we're in right now. Friday night, the 19th, began Passover. It's a seven day feast. It closes on the 27th, the 19th to the 27th, and it is an amazing season for believers. It is so rich, I couldn't help but just reflect on what the Passover is today, because once you begin to understand how God designed everything, it it just gets to be, it's just mind-blowing. There's nothing left to chance, there's no Easter bunny, there's no... Santa Claus. Those things are all fabrications to get your eyes off of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So today I want to talk about exiting and entering. Everybody say exiting and entering. You know, one of the principles we teach in this church is the way you leave is the way you enter. The way you exit something is the way you enter. How many of you ever left a job with a bad vibe? And you entered into the next job with the same bad, bad vibe. Why? Because the way you leave is the way you enter. Some of you left a bad marriage and went into the next marriage and you have the same bad vibe. But, but don't tap your, your wife. Just repent. Today I want to show you how the blood of Christ has been the means of exit from bondage and the means to the entrance of freedom which God gives us, the blood of Christ. You know, in the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter, and I want you to go ahead and turn there. We're gonna read quite a bit of that today. Exodus, the 12th chapter. Uh, we're, made of, we're made aware of a new word. Don't, don't put it up quite yet, I'm not quite ready to read it. Uh, we're made aware of a new word. The word is called Passover. Passover. And so before this chapter in the Bible, there was never any mention of this word. This is a word that God introduces. God says, I'm calling this my Passover. And it was introduced in a dialogue. Well, actually, it's introduced in a monologue that God has with Moses. And the events leading up to this monologue is well rehearsed in both Jewish and Christian circles. I think we're all aware of the story of the exodus, the story of God's deliverance of Israel, the story of how God led them out of captivity through the waters of the Red Sea. That's a picture of being born again, the waters of baptism, and a coming out of the sea into the resurrection of new life, eventually into a promise, the promised land. Those are all pictures of what was to come. They were all pointing to Christ. But I want to summarize it a little bit today around the Passover. You see, God had heard the cries of the Israelites who were being oppressed by the Egyptians under a pharaoh who no longer remembered who Joseph was and what a blessing Joseph had been. You know, I've always been surprised at how nations like France and England and Germany can become so heathen that now they're burning down churches. Have you noticed in France that they just burned Notre Dame? But that's the tip of the iceberg. They're burning two churches a week in France, but that doesn't get into the press. They have become anti-God, anti-Christ. These nations at one time were the bastions of Christianity have now become strongholds of atheism. I've always wondered how Can nations that sent out the great missionaries, how can nations that had the great theologians, Martin Luther, who affected the whole world, brought about the Reformation? The great French missionaries that went all over the Americas. The great British missionaries that were sent all over the world India, Africa. How can these nations forget God? Well, I, you know. How could Egypt, the Egyptians forget Joseph? How could they ever forget him? He saved their nation. But you know, it's amazing. 400 years, nobody remembers anything. And it says, the Bible says that there was a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph, nor the contribution that he had made to the society. This Pharaoh had become afraid of the Israelites, of their economic power and their population growth. He'd become threatened by their ever-growing influence. Viewing them as a threat and believing that they would one day overthrow the Egyptian government. As a result, he made the children of Israel slaves. He enslaved them. The children of Israel bore the excruciating burden of servitude. And they bore it for so many years that eventually it became unbearable. It could be so much more than they could even imagine or bear. They cried out to God, for their deliverance from bondage. God raised up Moses and a little bit later Aaron to be the ones to deliver the Israelites from their Egyptian bondage. God sent Moses to Pharaoh where he first requested and finally demanded that he let the children of Israel go that they might worship their God. Pharaoh became antagonized and he stubbornly refused to accede to Moses' request. But because of his stubbornness, because of his rebellion against God, you see, you have to understand something. Pharaoh saw himself as God. Did you know that? Pharaoh saw himself as a God. And then the Egyptians had a God for everything. I mean, everything was a God to the Egyptians. They even had a god of the lice. They did. They had, they had, actually, he was the god of the dust. Do you remember that it came a plague that turned the dust into lice? It was a direct affront. In fact, every one of those 10 plagues, if you study them, was an affront to one or more of the gods of Egypt. Oh, I'll tell you, I'm always amazed at some of you that worship ancestors not understanding that they are simply fallen demonic spirits called family spirits familiar spirits that activate inside of people that yield themselves to the devil you call them well I don't know what you call them, yangas son Gomas, mom, dad, grandpa, some of you, I'm always shocked. And then I try to find the prosperity that these gods are supposedly bringing you. Would you please show me the prosperity of these gods? Would you please show me one person that's ever been blessed? by an ancestral spirit all I see is the fear and the dread and the anger and the manipulation and the change of money you give me this and the greed and the covetousness somebody dies and before the body is even cold the vultures have descended to take everything And they call themselves family. But you haven't seen them for 10 years until somebody dies. And then there's such fear around death. Oh, no, no, no. Let's not talk about this, Pastor. It's our culture. No, it's not your culture. You don't even believe in it. You are so full of fear. That you're afraid to rise up against the Jezebel spirit that has risen up in this nation and controls you. Afraid of tete, afraid of strong women who are without rule. Come on. And such was the time of Israel, bound by fear. Bound by the spirits around them. Bound by demonic activity everywhere. And once a great nation, enslaved. Enslaved by their politicians. Once they were the leaders, and now they're enslaved. Once they had dignity. Families had rapport. And now... Enslaved. This man became so stubborn, he even called himself God. The voice of the people is the voice of God. That's a lie. And no man is God. There's only one God, God Almighty. And on this great Passover Sunday, I want you to know something. As it was then, God liberates his people. Hallelujah. Egypt was afflicted with several divinely inspired plagues. Now I've taught you, I do not believe that God inflicted those plagues. I just think God removed his hand and said, Let your gods serve you. Because I'll tell you, devils and demons hate people. They hate you and they will enslave you. And left to their devices, they will kill you. The final plague was death of all the firstborn of Egypt that were not under the blood of the sacrificed lamb. So our discourse finds itself here in the book of Exodus. And I'd like to just read verses one, I think. I don't know how far I go, but I go quite far. Let's just go ahead and read. Exodus one. Now you can put the scriptures up. I'm ready for them. Now you can put the, there you go. Uh, One through 17, okay. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, this month, everybody say this month. This, this month. month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. How many of you know the Egyptian calendar or the, the Israelite calendar? This is the first month of the new year of the spiritual calendar. Now." In about October, we're gonna come in at, what is it, Yom Kippur? Uh, I think we, the, the new calendar begins. Uh, what is it? Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is New Year, Jewish New Year. Yeah, not, uh, yeah, Rosh Hashanah. We'll come into the new year. That's their, you know, it's kinda of like the school year and the business year and then the Gregorian calendar. We have different years. They start, it's the same kind of thing, okay? But that's kinda of where we're at here. So he says, this is the first month of the year to you speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel saying in the tenth day of this month they shall take unto them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers a lamb for a house and if the household is too little for the lamb tell him and his neighbor next unto his house to take it according to the number of the souls every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb you shall be Your lamb shall be without blemish. Now that's important. The lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year. He shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. And he shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two sides of the doorposts, of the, of the posts, and on the upper door of the house, the upper doorpost of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. Whew, it's getting smaller. That's why I put it up there so I could read it. Can you read that? All right. I'll read it to you anyway. And they shall eat the, f- I can read it, you can read it, come on. And they, they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head with his legs and with the perfidance thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and a beast, and again, all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment upon them. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be seen. Or the blood shall be for you a token upon houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Forever. Hey, how long's forever? Ask your neighbor, how long is forever? So let me, let, me, let me just give you a few points here and then we'll get into the meat of it because I, I want to reflect in the old then I want to go right into the new. First we see God gives some very specific instructions. Can I tell you something? God very solemnly gives suggestions. He gives commandments. He gives statutes. He gives precepts. He gives instructions and he expects them to be obeyed. He says, this shall be unto you the beginning of the month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Second, he says, he instructs each person to do something. He says, in the tenth day of the month, they shall take unto them every man a lamb without blemish from the sheep or the goats. A lamb without blemish. Third, he says, he instructs what's to be done with the lamb. The whole congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening and shall take the blood and strike it on the two sides of the posts and on the upper door wherein they shall eat it. So, the house that you're living in, the house that you're staying in, you're to take the blood with hyssop, which is, if you ever come to Israel, you'll see the hyssop bush. You dip it and you strike the lintel above and the two doorposts. The lintel above and the two doorposts. It's a picture. It's a picture of something yet to come. It's a picture of the cross of Calvary. It's a picture of the Blood that would set us free from all of our sins. But it's going to set these people free from the plague that's about to come upon them. Fourth, he tells them how to eat the lamb. He says, There's a way to eat this. And he says, thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on, your feet and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste because it's the Lord's Passover. Why does he have us eat it in haste? Let me tell you something. Some of you don't understand this. But before this week is over, some of you had better be ready to move in haste. Are you ready? See, here, here, here. I'm going to tell you something. Here's the problem with many of God's people: they're not ready. We pay lip service to God. Oh yeah, God's going to show up someday. No, no, no. I'm telling you something. When God moves, some people miss it because they're asleep. Some people miss it because they're not doing what God told them to. Some people are not aware. Some people have not taken the blood of God seriously. They've not taken his command seriously. I'm telling you, he says, have your loins skirt, your shoes on, your staff ready. He says, cause this is my Passover. And when I move, I'm gonna move. And guess what? When I'm done, you're gonna move. When I move, you better be ready to move. When I enter, you better be ready to exit. Are you listening to me? I've got news for you. Some of you need to get ready right now. You're not ready. You're not ready if God moves. You are not ready if God moves. But God says, hey, this is my Passover. I think this is a very significant Passover. Did you know this is the last Passover? This is the Passover. This is the first Passover since Jubilee. There's something about this Passover. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited right now about what God is doing. God made me promises, and I've been breaking them out for you for the last three years. But it focuses on this year, the close of, 20, uh, of, of, of 2019 going into 2020. You don't think this is significant? I think it's very significant. 5779 going into 5780. We're leaving the decade of the 70s, the decade of Ayin which was seeing, and we're going into the decade of the 80s, which is saying. And when the king decrees the things, it comes to pass. But if you haven't seen anything, you're not going to be able to say anything. Just tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you today. I think he's talking about you. So he will make a promise. The fifth thing is he makes a promise. This is what his promise is. For I will pass through the land of Egypt tonight, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both of men and of beast, And against all of the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now, I want you to know something. Against all of the gods of Egypt, I'm going to execute judgment. But I thought he had already executed Judgment. I thought these plagues were executions of judgment. Well, they were, but not against all the gods. They were only executes of judgment against the gods that they worshipped. Think about it. The sun god goes dark for three days. The the moon god was also included in that because there was no moon nor sun. Think about it. The dust god, the god of the dust, turned into lice. They had a God whose head was that of a frog. Guess what, the frogs came up and covered the land. They had a God that was a crocodile. Lacoste. Oh, I mean, uh, Garway. The crocodile. In fact, so powerful was this God that Pharaoh told, like we're in this country right now doing, We're telling people that now it's time to get abortions. Now we're legislating in our country. Oh, we're not legislating up front because we have strong laws. No, 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 we're advocating behind the scenes. We're advocating for stronger abortion with fake news. 70,000 illegal abortions, oh, give me a break. We can't even tell how many people have had the measles, but we're gonna tell us how many people have had abortion. Illegal, illegally, we know how many had them. This is ridiculous. We're fools for believing all this stuff. And it has nothing to do with the truth. It has to do with agendas. But it, you know what the agenda is? Why is it always an agenda of death? Oh, we must kill the babies in order to save babies from dying. We must legalize abortion so that we can save babies from dying. Oh, really? I don't think that's quite... Right, but you see, when you have false gods, when you serve false gods, it always leads to death of one sort or another. It would never take the high ground to say, hey listen, all life is valuable. And even these little girls that have had these babies or have been impregnated, we as a community, we as a nation will take those babies. We'll adopt them, we'll take care of them. No, 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 it's too inconvenient. Such it was in the time of Egypt because of the fear of overpopulation. Because we all know God could never take care of a big population. We have to figure it out. Science has to figure it out, not God. We denounce God in the name of science and we kill each other. We kill. So who's gonna make the decision of who kills who? Oh, I think when you get to a certain age, we should euthanize euthanize you. It's coming. Ah, you know, these people, the mentally retarded, the the mentally unstable, they're not worth keeping around. Oh, really? And who made you God? Let me tell you something. Some of the greatest love I've ever seen is families that have grown up with somebody who was physically or mentally handicapped and they learned how to love. They learned that life was a lot more than appearances, but it was about something that happens at the level of soul. But no, no, we don't want anything that doesn't look perfect. We want the Barbie doll world. We want the, the, the Kanye West look popular. What, what, come on, guys, what are we talking about? So they would have the babies of the Israelites thrown into the river to serve and feed the crocodile God. Life became cheap, except for the Israelites. The Bible says that the midwives, (laughs) they wouldn't let anybody know that they gave birth. when When they were questioned, they said, These these Israelite women aren't like Egyptian women, but they just pop those babies out before we get there. They're already born. But many people aborted their babies. They gave their babies to the gods under duress, under fear, for all kinds of wrong reasons. He says, tonight, this day, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I'll tell you, it's important for us to note something. I want you to note something. Almighty God is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipotent, and omnipresent. This means he knows all things. He's everywhere at the same time and he's all-powerful. The blood of on the doorpost wasn't for God to know where the Israelites were. He knew where they were. It was a point of contact for the Israelites' faith and obedience, as well as a sign that would not allow the death angel to touch the houses under the seal of the blood. We know that this whole episode pointed to the work which Christ would perform in the redemption of mankind by the shedding of his blood on Calvary. Those who accept by faith Christ's sacrificial death would be saved from their sins and ultimately from death, eternal death. You see, the children of Israel, they were in physical bondage. They were literally slaves. They had to give tribute or taxes to the Egyptian government. They had to work as slaves to build the great monuments that you can go and see today. This government had become tyrannical. It had become abusive. Held no regard for human rights. As I said earlier, abortion of lives was the order of the day. This kind of repressive behavior is likened to that as you and I experience. We all experienced before we were saved. Before we were born again, we were bound in our sins. We were bound in heinous acts. We were bound in guilt and shame. We were bound in things that we couldn't control. Some of us are still bound. Satan holds us captive. He's a rigid taskmaster. He has no regrets for our spiritual lives or our eternal salvation. In fact, he's hell-bent on settling what to him is an account between he and God. He hates God. And because he hates God, he hates every one of his creations. And every time he hurts one of his creations, he hurts God. My friends... The blood that was applied to the doorpost and the lintel represents the blood of Jesus Christ. The doorpost and the lintel represent our hearts. And each must, each person, every one of us, must have the blood applied to the doorway of our heart in order to escape eternal death. The application of the blood in Israel on the Passover night, it wasn't a secret or a hidden event. They had to apply the blood openly And in public, you could walk by the house and say, there's blood on that house. Why is there blood on that house? There's blood on that house. There's blood on that house. There's blood on that house. house. Why doesn't that one have blood? Where's the blood? It wasn't private. Oh, I just have my own little private belief with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) What? This is not a private religion, I'm sorry. It's very public, and the blood is very public in the lives of those who believe. Amen, yeah, give the Lord a hand for that, okay? You see, this is always done in full view of the congregation, full view of the public. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I am not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to be identified with the Christ. I'm not ashamed to be identified with my Savior who died on a cross. I'm not ashamed to be identified with my Savior who was buried and resurrected from the grave. He saved me. Hallelujah. Did he save you? Tell your neighbor, he saved me too. Hallelujah. You see, we go on and we see in this story, the next thing we observe is that this event was meant by God, was a means by which God demonstrated that he was, now listen to this, he was the power also, not only to save by the blood, but he was the power to eliminate the firstborn or the successor to the family structure. Now, this is important you understand this. This is significant in the fact that once the male firstborn is dead, it creates a situation in the lineage. The lineage is broken. Therefore, by destroying the firstborn sons of Egypt, God was actually freeing all people. Not just the Israelites. He was actually freeing the Egyptians. God didn't only come for Israel, he came for the Gentile as well. I want you to know something, God has always had all mankind at heart. The lineage of sin and the hold of Satan on all class of people was being destroyed. Egypt represents Satan's domain and God had essentially destroyed the firstborn of Satan's kingdom. Sin had no more sway on the people. This event was also a means by which God would judge the gods of Egypt. In other words, he would hold court and show them that they were all guilty and would would, would be punished. He also demonstrated to them that they would no longer have control over Adam's race, mankind, and that their final destiny was now being decided even though it would be delayed. How many of you know that many of the gods of Egypt are being worshiped again today? Did you know that? How many of you know that? How many of you don't know? Yeah, well, let me tell you something. You need to wake up. Most of Hollywood has gone back to Egypt worship. The Eye of Horus. Have you ever noticed every pop star does this? 666. That's what that means, 666, over the eye, the eye of Horus. You didn't know that. It's time to wake up, folks. I'm going to tell you something. We are being inundated by false gods, false gods. The third eye, the triangle with the eye in it, the third eye in your forehead, the opening of the third eye, that's all Egyptian. Egyptian. It's all false gods. The sun god, the sun god, Ra, Amun-Ra, which has been sun worship throughout all of history, infiltrated the church, infiltrated the Catholic church, They simply took all the gods of Rome and turned them into saints. They took all the statues of the gods of Rome with all the sun rays out of their head and said, oh, well, let's call that one Peter, and we'll call, he's really Zeus, and we'll call this one Mercury, but we'll call him somebody else and Hermes and all these different things. They just renamed them and they have them all over and then they kinda syncretized mysteryism and christianity all at the same and kind of let paganism come sweeping into the church and guess what it just gets worse and worse and worse to where as believers today there are some people that can't distinguish what Jesus did for them and what their self-help gospel is doing for them Let me tell you something. What God said he would do, he did. On that day, he did it. It's also important to note that there would be no time for procrastination. The exit would be immediate and therefore you must be in a state of readiness. I think the rapture is gonna be immediate and you better be in a state of readiness. There'll be no time to make ready. When the clarion call is made, we must go. We must all be prepared to move. It is recorded and it came to pass that at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on the throne unto the firstborn of all the captive that was in the dungeon, and of the firstborn of all cattle. Whew. This was indeed a total deliverance for the entire heathen race. God used the death of the firstborn of the Israelites' cattle to work their salvation. He used the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians to work their salvation from the scourge of Satan. It was indeed a grand entrance for one. Almighty God, and a grand exit for another. The devil. It would seem that the death of the firstborn of Egypt was a punishment for Pharaoh, but in reality it was a show of the strength that the gods of the Egyptians, that, they, that those gods could not protect them, that they could not protect them against the God of the Hebrews. And even though the devil meant harm to the Israelites, God turned it around for their good. And even to the Egyptians, for on that night salvation had come to the Egyptians' house as well. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, and Pharaoh rose up in the night, and he said, and he and all of his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great, great cry in Egypt, For there was not a house, where there was not a dead, where there was not a dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night. He said, rise up and get you forth from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as you have said. Now listen, also take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone And bless me also. Bless me also. I'll tell you what, God really did want to bless Egypt. And had he remained humble in his heart, God would have. Let me just take a minute, I'll close with this. Let me just reflect how this plays out in the New Testament. You ready to look at a bunch of scriptures? This is, this is so glorious. This is what we're celebrating today. The death angel. The devil. The machinations of witchcraft. The entanglements of witchcraft in your family. Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to untie all bondage. John 19, 14 through 18 says this. And it was the preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him and crucify him! Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Our politicians are king. Then delivered he them, then he then delivered he therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and they led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. When they crucified it. Th- there they crucified it with two other men on either side, one on, on, on either side, one and Jesus on the, in the midst. See, the children of Israel were in bondage. So God sends the pledges to set his people free. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male, Exodus says, a male from the first year shall be taken from the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it for 14, until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Did you know that this coincides perfectly with the Lamb of God, Jesus? Then Moses called for the elders of Israel, saying to them, Draw out, take a lamb according to your family that has killed the Passover, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel of the two sides of the post house in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of the house until the morning, for the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel on the two-side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer you. The destroyer, He will not let the destroyer come into your houses to smite you. Don't invite the destroyer into your house. Keep the blood over your doorposts. Don't keep inviting the witch doctors into your house. Keep the blood over your doorposts. Don't keep going back on six days a week to your traditions and keep, no, no, stay in the blood. Stay under the blood seven days a week. Let the blood have its place. What does God desire for the Passover? Hebrews nine twenty two, And almost all things are by law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Here's what God desires. He desires a blood sacrifice. Genesis 4, verses 2 through 5. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was the keeper of sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground as an offering to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought first the firstling of his flock and gave the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but to Cain and his offering he had no respect. And Cain was wroth and his countenance fell. Let me tell you something. All these offerings that you take to your all these offerings that we take, all this fear, God is not respecting those offerings. God respects one offering, the offering of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God who redeems mankind. Now don't shut me down because I'm preaching good today, okay? See, the Lamb's blood the lamb that Abel sacrificed was a picture of the lamb of God that was to come. But it was a picture of grace. Cain's fruit is a picture of works. How many of you are working so hard, paying good money after bad? Oh, please. Hebrews eleven four: By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead yet speaks. Oh, let me tell you something. There's a blood that speaks. There's a blood that still speaks. Which blood are you doing? The blood of goats and sacrifices? Or the blood of the lamb? Secondly, God desires a pure sacrifice. Exodus 12:5. Your lamb shall be without spot, without blemish. A male of the first year, he shall be taken out of the sheep or from the goats. God desires number three, a sinless sacrifice. First Peter 1:19, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 1 Peter 2, 21, for even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his footsteps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Let me show you something. Christ is the fulfillment of the Passover. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. That's what it says. Even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Christ is the sinless lamb. Remember John the Baptist, it says right here, John 1, 29, The next day John sees Jesus coming. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sins of the world. Ooh, the sin of the world. The sin of the world. Hmm. Hebrews 9, verses 12 through 14. Listen. This is why your witch doctors don't work. This is why animal sacrifices don't work. Neither by the blood of goats and calves and any other blood, your children, God forbid, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the purifying of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serving the living God oh man I don't know about you but I can't thank Jesus enough that we don't have to sacrifice our children. We don't have to sacrifice the blood of goats. We don't have to pay again and again and again. We don't have to do it in fear. We, it's been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Christ is our sacrifice. Listen to this, 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 6. This is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, of our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. To be testified of in due time. I tell you something. Only Christ is our Savior. First Peter three eighteen. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. 1 John 2, 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. He paid it all for everybody. We just have to accept it. Christ has the power over the law. He has the power to, first of all, bring us to God. Listen to this, Ephesians two thirteen and 14. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh, that means near, by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He has the power to redeem us from sin, Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. All this blood is powerful. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He has the power to save us. Listen to this, Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. Please listen to this. That if thou, you, shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Because of the blood. And he has the power to take us to heaven. I have two minutes. The sign is up. Two minutes. One scripture. Can I do it in two minutes? He has the power to take us to heaven. Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-17. But I would not have you to be ignorant, my brothers and sisters, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Then shall we, (laughs) which are alive and remain, be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we be with the Lord forever and ever and ever. Guys, can I tell you something? There's coming a day when he comes, when God moves again, all of these gods that you serve. All these gods that we serve that are not gods, they'll be ashamed. So will we. But there's a way to escape, and it's through the blood of Jesus. The blood that speaks of better promises. The blood that speaks of a better covenant. The blood that speaks not by the blood of bulls and goats and witchcraft and Machinations and feathers and ashes and snuff and stuff. Maybe that's the title of the message, snuff and stuff. (laughs) No, no, no. We have the blood of Jesus. As for me and my house, God, forgive me for the machinations that I've allowed in my family. Forgive me for looking anywhere but to the blood of Jesus. Forgive me for looking not to the Passover lamb, but to sacrifices that I thought could earn your blessing, that could earn prosperity, that could earn, Father, for looking to false prophets. Father, when we have Christ, the prophet with us, we look at the Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith having begun a good work in us, he is able to bring it to completion his blood has not lost its power its efficacy its blood is still powerful hallelujah now I told you that this religion that we that we that this is not a religion this faith that we have is not a private faith it's a public faith Those who sprinkle the blood, those who call upon the blood, they don't do it privately. They do it publicly. That's why we have altar calls in church. We say, hey, if you're sacrificing to your gods, if you're living by false gods, the God of heaven gives you a way of escape. But you must put the blood on your doorpost." The doorpost of your heart. You must allow the lamb to be eaten to come into you. You must be saved. For there is no other name by which a man can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. And on this Passover day, as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, there are some in this place that are dead. Dead under God. But God says, come, come, come. Come, because my altar is open. Come, because my blood is still here. Come, put the blood on your life. Come, be saved today. There's some of you that have trifled. You've played one foot in the devil's camp and one foot in God's camp. Repent today. Come, come and let Jesus cover you in his blood. Let the blood be true and every man a liar gird yourself, get ready because it's about to happen something's about to happen I want to be with under the blood I don't want to be smitten when the death angel comes there is something happening in the nation of Zimbabwe God is stirring men to rise up out of their stupor God is raising women to get to a place where they will walk as godly women of old chaste And pure adorning their hearts and not their bodies God is looking for such a people to bless and I'm calling you today to be that people I'm calling you out today if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus today's your day. If you're a backslider, today's your day. If you've been playing games with God, today's your day. Today is your day of Passover. Today is the last Passover of this Jubilee. Today is a new beginning. Today the blood can work for you. So wherever we're at right now, I want you to bow your heads. I want you to think about what I just said. Think deeply about it. Understand, I'm going to make a public call in just a minute. Are you playing games? Are you hiding in a big church, but your heart's not with God? You pay lip service, but your heart is far from God. Are you a backslider? Well, today, God's calling you. He says, I love you. He says, but all your sacrifices do not please me. There's one that does. It's the sacrifice of the blood of my son, Jesus. Will you accept his sacrifice today? Will you repent and come to him? There's others of you, you had no idea who the Passover lamb was. You had no idea that Jesus paid the price for your sin. But today you heard the good news. God loves you. God sent his son to die for you. God gave you the Passover lamb. And that's what we celebrate on this Resurrection Sunday. So wherever you're at, if you're in either of those camps or in between, but you know that God is calling you to put the blood on your house, you need to repent from your witchcraft. You need to repent from your ancestor worship. You need to say, God, enough is enough. The blood is sufficient for me. The gods of my nation have let me down, and they have. These gods have destroyed you. And yet you keep going back in servitude, bondage to them. Fear. Nobody speaks. Everybody's fearful. That's a Jezebel spirit. We come against it today in the nation. We bind this spirit. I bind the spirit of Jezebel that intimidates and emasculates men. I bind the spirit that keeps men from rising up and being the man of their house, head of their home. Taking responsibility. I bind that spirit that causes men to usurp their husbands. Usurp in every fear and act haughty. I bind haughtiness in Jesus' name. We don't need haughtiness. Jezebel painted her eyes, intimidated her husband threaten the prophets threaten them, I'll kill you yeah, that's all you know how to do is kill somebody threaten somebody intimidate, dominate, control that's Jezebel Jezebel It's wrong It's a spirit I'm not mad at a person, I'm mad at the spirit I love you but you may be operating Jezebelically Are you listening to me today? It's a message of deliverance. It's a message of freedom. If your head bowed and your eyes shut, if you need Jesus today, if you need this blood, if you need your Passover, raise your hand right now and say, God, I need the Passover. I need to get out from under this bondage. I need to get out from under this. I'm tired of being bound. I need to be born again. I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. Raise the hand, raise your hand. I need to be free. I'm tired of it. Tired of it. I see your hands. They're going up everywhere. I know what I'm talking about. I didn't just get this message in a moment. This is God's message to his people. This is God's message to your nation, our nation. God set us free. God, take us. God, help us. God, break this off of our church, oh God. Break it off of this church, I pray, oh God. Break our hearts, oh God. Help us to rend our hearts. Help us to rend our hearts today, Lord. God, please, oh God, forgive your people. Forgive me, oh God. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us. Send us. Oh God. Let us receive your Passover today. Let us receive your Passover today. Oh, we receive your Passover today. Passover us, Passover us. Don't count us among the unrighteous. Don't count us among the sinners, Lord. Oh God, forgive us today. Forgive us today. Forgive your people heal your land heal your land God heal us heal us oh dear God have mercy on us have mercy on us hear our intercession today Father forgive your people Father forgive us for being double minded forgive us for being compromised forgive us for looking everywhere but the Lamb everywhere but you you paid the full price for us. Forgive us, I pray. Forgive us. Forgive us. Oh, God. I'd like you all to stand wherever you're at. Oh, wherever you're at, I'd like you to stand. Oh. God, hear our intercession. Whew. Oh. If you need to be at this altar, Get out of your seat. God. I pray God has mercy on us. (laughs) We can't play. We can't play with this, guys. Sorry. Get out of your seat. Get out of your seat. Get up here right now. When, When God enters, the devil has to exit. But we have to respond. Gird yourself up. It's a public display. It's a public display. It's public. I'm sorry. It's public. It's public. I'm not sorry. It is public, though. This is public. The blood. The blood. God, I want the blood on my family. I I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood for my family, Lord. I call the blood upon my family, upon my life. God, I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry for... Treating your blood lightly. I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry for treating your Passover so lightly. Whew, but on this Passover, this Passover, Father, we're ridding our houses of the leaven. We're ridding our houses of sin today. I rid my I'm, I'm gonna rid my house of sin. Oh cleanse the temple. Cleanse your people, Lord. Sends your people, Lord. Sends your people. Now, if you're still standing there and you have never given your life to Jesus, I want you to come. Just come. Say, I I need to give my life to Jesus today. Just come. Just come. If you're standing next to someone and you know they haven't given their life to Jesus, say, come on, I'll go with you. Come on, it's public. It's okay. I'll go with you. I've done this, but I'm going to go with you. This is a sacred and a holy moment, I can tell you right now. This is a sacred and a holy moment. We serve a holy God. We serve a holy God. We serve a holy God. He he is the only God. He's the only God that can deliver. There is no other. Your ancestors cannot deliver you. I tell you, they are a curse. They are a snare to you. The gods of your totems are a snare to you. Your totems are a snare to you. They're not to be worshiped. You're not to identify with anything that is created. You are to identify with your creator, the creator of all things. false but God is true God loves you and I love you I'm not angry I'm not angry at anybody I'm just angry at the devil I hate I, somebody came to me the other day and they said pastor they were telling me about their sins they were telling me about how bound they were and I, and I began to bind the demon in them they thought I was mad at them I said "No, no 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 I love you I love you it's just that demon that demon that controls you, that demon that manipulates you. That's what I hate. I hate the demonic. Oh, I love all people. Let me tell you something. I just hate to see what demons do to people. Some willingly, some unwillingly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up. Father, I thank you for these men and women in this church. I thank you, Father, that... I believe that today there's a deposit of your grace that we can respond to. I believe that there's enough truth spoken today about the blood, about the Passover lamb. Father, anyone who would partake, anyone who would eat, anyone who would call upon the name of Jesus would be saved. Father, we once again declare with our mouth that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We believe that he died on the cross for our sins. We believe that if we call upon Him, we declare Him to be the Son of God, that we are saved. Now, Father, save us. Continue that process of saving us from our sins. Saving us and sanctifying us and redeeming us, consecrating us, healing us and blessing us. We pray in Jesus' awesome, awesome name. I'm going to ask our pastors to come and just... As people get up or need prayer, just pray with people. Just come and be with our people. Come and be with the people. And if you need to come forward, the altars are still open. But I'm going to release you now. And I want you to go celebrate. You say, well, that was a heavy message. It's not heavy. It's liberating. You're under the blood of the Lamb. Go in this your strength. Go in this your power. And I bless you in the name of Jesus. I, I declare his blessing over you. I declare his praises over you. I declare his power over you. I declare that his sacrifice is sufficient for you. And he's resurrected this day. We celebrate his resurrection and his resurrection power in our lives. Walk in newness of life, I pray in Jesus' name. May God be with you. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.